Deer found her. As you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Deer Found Her podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her. I have an extra special treat for you today because I have entrepreneurship journalist Alex York from Insider here to give us the inside scoop on pitching you and your business to the press. But before I dive into today's Found Her Files lesson, I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk. And for those of you who are new around here, I've been building brands for nearly 25 years, for as long as I can remember, truly. I started my own company back in 2010 with just a $500 investment, and I grew that business to reach 3 million users per month across multiple platforms and generate seven figures in revenue for six years straight. I grew this business mainly through partnerships with Target, Nordstrom, The Honest Company, Unilever, and hundreds of other brands. This was all before I led my company's acquisition to a large agency holding company in 2019. And just two years later, I exited that company with one specific goal to support other female founders and businesswomen through their own entrepreneurship journeys. Thursday's episodes of Dear Found Her are called Found Her Files. They're episodes that are designed to move your business forward through a specific lesson and through actionable tips. Well, there really is no blueprint for founding and growing and scaling and even selling a business. I do hope that the lessons that I share here with you each and every week really give you a lot to think about and a lot to utilize in order to grow your own business. If today's episode strikes a chord with you, it would mean so much for me to me if you would share it or if you let me know or if you would be so kind as to leave a rating or review because that is how other people find your founder and our mission to support as many female founders and entrepreneurs as we possibly can. So I've been following today's guest, Alex York, and reading her articles for quite some time. She is definitely the reason that I bought the subscription to Insider so I can read behind the paywall where many of her stories often live. But I was really intrigued by her. And honestly, I learned so much from the stories that she writes. I knew that she would be an incredible guest to have here to educate you on how to pitch the press. So I found her email on a LinkedIn post that she had shared, and I simply emailed her inviting her on to Dear Found Her. And the behind the scenes info that she shares today of what a business journalist looks for when you pitch them is truly second to none. Alex York is a journalist. She's based in New York City. She currently covers entrepreneurship, underrepresented founders, and the future of work at Insider. She also has experience covering health and wellness, culture, and style. And outside of work, she loves to run, read, and travel. You're going to want to follow her on Instagram. We've linked her profile in the show notes. But for now, grab your pen and paper because you're going to want to take notes and come on in and meet Alex York. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her. 
and another episode of Found Her Files. I'm so excited about today's guest because as I told her, I am a longtime follower, but a first time caller. Alex York, who is an entrepreneurship reporter at Insider, truly gives some of the best background and information and advice through her writing in Insider. I have found, have I have learned so much from her and not only that I signed up and paid for the subscription because of her. So we are in for a treat today because she is here and she is going to be giving us tips on what a reporter looks for when you pitch them. So Alex, welcome. Thank you so much for having me Lindsay. I'm super excited to chat. Of course. So tell us first like who you are and what you do and what your background is. I think you know that helps to paint a picture for our listeners. Totally. So yeah, as you said, I'm Alex York. I write for Insider. I cover entrepreneurship. When I first started Insider around two years ago, um, I really started in the small business space, more traditional small business. But as we've seen so many more founders and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs really join the entrepreneurship space over the last couple of years, my coverage has really shifted into this digital founder, people making things online, whether that's a product, a service, anything like that. Um, so I'll cover founders and their stories and any trends that they're following in business, um, you know, kind of the future of work from a founder's perspective, and then also kind of how that's affecting all of us in our daily lives, the products that they are making that are changing our lives or the services that are changing their lives because they've suddenly become so successful or have really just found a way to become independent, financially independent, a flexible schedule, all those sorts of things that kind of touch on how many of us as employees and workers kind of are going about shaping our world and our workplace and our workforce. So I cover all those things from really a founder's perspective, how they're leading the charge, um, what they're doing. So really anything from a founder's story to something really innovative that they're that they're changing the world with, we'll cover stories along all those realms. Um, but, you know, my background prior to Insider, I touched a little bit on, you know, culture and lifestyle and those sorts of stories too. So I tried to, in my reporting now, kind of fuse the two in any way that I can. Talk to people that I think are really interesting in the beauty or fashion space or the health and wellness space from a business perspective. So it's been really exciting for me to kind of be able to incorporate all the things that I'm so excited about and passionate about in my own, you know, life into this business perspective, which as you and I were mentioning before, you know, we started recording, Lindsay, just talking about business from a non-business angle is something that I've really enjoyed being able to do. And I hope that I'm able to do that for readers who maybe also want to become a founder, but don't have an MBA or didn't go to business school and they don't really know where to start. So that's a little bit about what I cover, why I like to cover it. Um, yeah, so that's that's me. And you do an amazing job. I mean, truly. And I, I, I will probably say that multiple times through this because I want people to follow you and learn from you. I... I the stories that you share are not the stories that you see elsewhere. And that is why I reached out to you for this. You know, a big part of what I talk about often in terms of my methodology for growing a brand and building a brand is the fact that you can't just rely on social media. And, um, you know, a lot of founders, especially new founders, like social media, they think that they have to put all their eggs in this social media basket. One of the things that I talk all about is, you have to focus on social media, obviously, but it also is the other content you put out into the world. You know, it is, it's events, it's email, it's your website, it's partnerships, it's publicity. And publicity is, I feel, the piece for a lot of entrepreneurs and founders that is 
they struggle the most with because they don't know where to start. They don't know who to reach out to. They don't know what people are looking for. And it it is kind of a, a different craft. And sometimes founders get really lucky and, you know, might get some big story. But I also think that oftentimes founders feel that if they don't get a story like with someone like you, that, that that publicity doesn't exist. And that's not the case. I mean, publicity is really getting people to talk about what you're doing. And it, that could be anywhere. It could be on social media. It could be in a magazine. It could be online. It could be anywhere. But I want you to really give us the scoop. And if a founder is looking to pitch themselves to a reporter, where should they start? Yeah. Well, I think that social media is obviously a very important part of our business today. It's also, I think, a really good place for people like me, for journalists to find founders or find interesting stories or brands that we want to follow. So, and it's free, you know, you can post on social media without paying anything. So I think that founders should definitely invest in creating a good social media presence being, you know, I just wrote a story with a colleague of mine recently about being the face of your brand and how that is going to change the business game in 2023 because with such a saturated social media space, really being the face, putting yourself out there, telling people your founder story is still going to make a huge difference in terms of building you know, brand awareness, not only with the media, but also with consumers and with potential customers. So I, I think that social media, as you said, is still a super important part of building a brand. But beyond that, I think that founders should not be scared to reach out one-on-one to journalists, to people in the media. I mean, I get so many pitches, just blanket pitches every day, hundreds some days into my inbox that it's, I just do not have the time to read all of it. Um, you know, read all these different pitches or really take a lot of time to, you know, digest what, what they're telling me, break down all the different parts of it. So, uh, just one blanket pitch, it can, you know, make that connection for you, but there are so many other ways to really connect with people that you want to tell your story as well. So whether that's a DM on Instagram or, and it it depends on the journalists too, depending, you know, what they, what they prefer, but whether it's a DM on Instagram and invite to an event that you're throwing those things that you can kind of talk more one-on-one actually share your story beyond a couple lines in an email can make a really huge difference. And I think if founders can invest in something like an in-person event where they invite multiple people or just a one-on-one thing, it can really make a difference to just show who you are as a person beyond what your business is, because ultimately we know consumers buy products, especially right now, based on who the founder is. And that's why being the face of your brand is so important. And along the same lines, I'm interested in covering people who I really believe in their story, who I think are doing something great, either for themselves, for their communities, whatever it is. And it's so much easier to get that story across. If you make some one-on-one connections, um, you know, besides an email or, or more so than an email that I, that I may or may not get the chance to read, even though I would love to read all of them. So I think if you can kind of approach the publicity goals in as many ways as you can, I know it takes a lot of time for founders to be emailing people, messaging people, putting on events, creating their social media accounts, as many of those as you can do while still creating really quality content or putting something really quality out there try and tap into as many of those as possible because you just never know where you're going to, you know, strike a chord or who you're going to really be able to connect with. Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay. I wanted to tell you about HoneyBook, the new tool I've been using to automate my business. 
This past December, I felt that things were a little bit disjointed. My coaching and consulting contracts and client acquisition process wasn't automated. And honestly, I just kind of felt like a mess. And then someone introduced me to HoneyBook. They're the leading client flow platform for independent businesses. And it's what I use to make my client acquisition and payment processes as easy as possible, not just for me, but for you. HoneyBook allows me to manage my workflow and my client experience, streamlining all the steps that it takes to sell and deliver my personalized services. By combining tools like billing and contracts and client communication, HoneyBook helps independents get organized and provide top-tier service at every step, and I have loved it so far. The best client experiences truly are built on HoneyBook, and I am totally sold. You can check out the link in my show notes and give it a try for a dollar a month through February 27th. You know, I want to piggyback on this whole notion of being the face of your brand because, and I want to talk about that for a minute because that's how I built my first company. So I, I started a company before there was social media and I started by literally showing up and sharing my pregnancy, like to the point that people would stop me on the streets of Chicago. I mean, I had a blog, but there really wasn't social media. People would stop me on the streets of Chicago and be like, oh my God, I had gestational diabetes too. Thank you for sharing. And to your point, like when you put yourself out there, people connect with you, the right people connect with you. Yeah, exactly. And like we as a society, as a community, we're constantly looking for that. A lot of people feel so alone in whatever they're going through, especially, you know, if a founder has a a brand with a mission, they are, their target audience is out there somewhere. So if it is something like, you know, a, a health issue or something like a, you know, they're just trying to overcome something else, or they've had this experience, someone else has also had that. And that is going to be the prime way of connecting with them because it's not just about the money that you've made or the investment dollars that you've generated, but really how you're helping people and how you're truly building a community. I mean, especially today, and I haven't been around that long, but today with social media, like community is so, so key because people are so spread out over the whole world, you know? But if you can generate a community of people to come together to back your brand or to join your platform or to kind of push forward the same message as you, that is so powerful in such a saturated online space. So really being the face of that, like you said, being able to connect with people in that way is so important for founders to do. You're speaking my language and people who listen to this podcast regularly probably think that we had a a conversation before, but I just want to say that we didn't, like we really didn't. And this was just a couple emails back and forth, but you just said people feel so alone. And that is why I started my second company. I started my second company because I felt so alone as a founder I shared with you ahead of time. I had no idea you could raise money. I had no idea like anything about entrepreneurship when I started. And so I started Dear Founder and the platform that I'm building now to help other founders get over that sense of loneliness, to react to each other, to support one another, to lift one another up and really to grow bigger at a faster rate. So when you talk about putting your face out there, what are maybe like three tips that you would say are really important? Like, and when, you know what I mean? Because I think like, there's also this, you know, notion of like influencers and things being contrived and anyone who knows me and follows me knows like I go on in my sweats and I don't care. And I'm just myself. And I think that's very important. But as a journalist, if you were to look at someone's profile before choosing to do a story about them, what is really important? 
I think that there needs to definitely, especially from a founder's perspective, be a mix of content you're putting out there. There does need to be that, you know, notion of vulnerability, genuine connection with your founders, authenticity, you know, these buzzwords that everyone talks about on social media. That does need to exist just so me and other people can really just see who you are as a person, even if it's, you know, just knowing your name, knowing where you're from, where you're based and what your background is. That is definitely an important part of a social media platform. But I think that there needs to be that media mix of those kind of face forward, talk through videos, vulnerable videos with something about your brand, you know, whether that's product photos online or images of you with your product or, you know, day in the life of you creating your product or going through the warehouses or doing the work on your computer, like really showing the behind the scenes of the brand and the final product of the brand are also super important because it helps to paint that more well-rounded picture of who you are as a founder. You know, you definitely are a person. You want to show who you are as a person, but the brand that you're building, the products that you're building, the services that you're providing really are going to be the crux of any media story going forward. So that needs to be very apparent as well. And it just helps you to connect with customers. You know, people are using social media as search platforms today. So if you can have some really clear information about what you do, what you sell and how it helps people, that can not only connect you with media people, but also customers and ultimately paying clients. So you talked about getting hundreds of pitches sometimes a day. And I understand because I too get hundreds of pitches every single week for this podcast. And I know it is so hard to go through all of them, but what is it that makes a good story? Why do you say yes? Yeah, I think that it definitely depends um, on, you know, the company and also on the journalist, but the most important thing I think is to have some very notable moment in your business or notable trend that you're following or starting something that you can really say, this is what I've done. This is how I've changed my business. And this is the success that's come from it. Especially with our writing at BI, we really focus on advice pieces for other founders or, you know, talking to how certain business owners are really changing the game or are tapping into some new innovation in business or in marketing and how that's genuinely affecting and benefiting their brand. So if you have something like that, if you had a TikTok video that went viral and got and directly led to uh, you know, however many sales, or if you had changed your marketing in a way and that led to an increase in interested customers, or if there's something notable that you did that really led to your business thriving, that's really what I look for in a pitch because there are so many interesting founder stories and those definitely should be covered, but there are so, so many pitches I get that are, you know, founders doing something great point blank, but to differentiate yourself from all the other founders in the world, it's really about how have you innovated on what a lot of other people are doing right now to directly lead to your success. Cause that's, what's going to make you stand out as a business owner. And then we can kind of get into the founder story, the mission of the brand, things like that after, which matter equally as much, but really to differentiate yourself, I think it's really touching on what have you done that's changed the game for you and how can we encourage other founders or share that story with others so they can learn from you too. Such good advice. I mean, such, such good advice. What are three like make or break things that you look for in a pitch email? Totally. I think that having that notable moment 
very clear to me is super important because I get some pitches that are extremely long. So I would say, you know, the length, it shouldn't be too short because I do need to know what the business is um, and, you know, who you are and things like that. But too long of an email, it gets lost in the shuffle. So it shouldn't be too short, but it shouldn't be too long either. So kind of trying to find that middle ground of a couple sentences about you and the brand, a couple sentences about what you have done that's super notable, that will draw my attention. I think that too, sometimes I don't know the businesses that are pitching to me and there will be maybe a link to their website, but it won't really say in the pitch what the business is. And that kind of, it, 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 forces me to click on a couple of links, read through their about pages. Like there are so many steps that it takes to really understand the business that you are building. And with so many pitches, if I, if I can't really get the gist of what you're doing from the get-go, I likely won't have time to take all those steps and, you know, take, take all those different steps to really understand that. So I think that, you know, the, the length of it is important having who you are and who the business is in there and really what you do. And then again, just kind of showcasing that notable moment, whether that's in the subject line, whether that's somewhere near the top of the email, having that really jump out on the page is going to be super important. And for Insider at least, and this is different for other publications, but we do often focus on financial numbers as a metric of success. So if you can include that in there along with whatever that notable moment was, you know, we did X and it led to Y amount of sales. That is also going to be really helpful in us determining, is this a story that we feel is vetted, that we feel like we can really use as a metric of success for other founders. So seeing that off the bat is also super helpful for us. Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay. I'm not sure if you're aware, but over the last nine months, I haven't just helped big enterprise brands on their marketing efforts through my consulting firm. I've also helped over a dozen women, small business owners in launching their companies, building their brands, and to tweak what wasn't working. I've been building and growing brands for nearly 25 years, but I've forever used one method to build my own brands and that of my clients and students. My signature suite method utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective community-centric marketing strategies. If you're looking for that added layer of guidance, please reach out. There's a link in my show notes. Book a call with me and let's see how I can help you. I can't wait to meet you and learn about your business. Now back to the show. And then what makes you say, okay, it's a go. Like, what is the hook that you're like, okay, let's do this. Totally. I think that it definitely does depend on who the founder is. Then at that point, if you have all those things, you have your proven success listed in there. That's where being the face of the brand comes back to it. If I can then click on your profile and see you talking about your business online or see you talking about something else, you know, whether it's your mental health or sustainability or whatever it is that I'm also interested in. If you have some of those, you know, values or some of those interests that you're then sharing, you know, vulnerably online or just sharing with the public, I think that really finding founders who obviously have those business successes, but are also willing to put themselves out there um, can be a super important, you know, indicator to me that this is someone that I want to cover. This is going to be an interesting story, not just for me, but also for my readers. Cause obviously that is a really important part of my job is finding both what I'm interested in. Cause that's when my writing is better, but also what's really going to help people. So just finding that middle ground, finding, finding a founder that's really willing to put themselves out there. And oftentimes that does come back to being active on social media or in some capacity like that. 
Um, one of the things that you said, and you just, I mean, you just said being active on social media. So, and I just want to share this as a founder. So I, you know, I think just being resourceful is very important as a founder. And one of the things that I've done is I have gone and followed journalists. I've Googled journalists that are, that cover entrepreneurship, that cover founders, and I have followed them. I actually don't have Twitter anymore. I got rid of it during the whole thing. Um, and I really wasn't so active on it anyway, but in any event, I have really tried to engage just like I've engaged with you on LinkedIn and that's how I found you. So what what else would you tell a founder who really doesn't have a big budget? Because, you know, a lot of startups obviously don't and don't necessarily have the money to pay a five to $10,000 a month retainer on a publicist. And then there's a lot of founders who have really good stories to your point that, you know, are solopreneurs and are doing this on their own. Like someone asked me yesterday for help pitching an author because she was doing it on her own and she has an incredible story. So, you know, what would you tell a founder who doesn't have a big budget? Totally. I think that the financial pressures that are on founders, especially today with, you know, inflation that's affected them for so long, a potential recession, like all these financial stressors are causing founders to become more and more lean in their spending and a publicist and PR, um, you know, investments can be super important, but I do not think they're necessary in getting press. If I get an email from a founder themselves on behalf of them and their company, that actually is a really huge indicator to me that they are willing to put themselves out there like I was just talking about. And it's even more so interesting to me because I see that they are the ones really putting the work in behind the brand. And obviously founders put work in in so many different ways, but if they are willing to be doing this outreach, that is such you know, on the ground work that I feel is so important for founders to be able to speak about, to be able to, you know, advise others on. So I don't think that that is never a turnoff for me in a pitch if a founder you know, is emailing from themselves. That is definitely something that I would advise founders who do have more lean budgets to do. Tell people your story from your perspective. And that is a a very efficient way of putting yourself out there from the get-go. I will say to your point, going to journalists' pages, whether that's on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on their byline Mm -hmm. page, on the websites, really understand though the types of stories that they write because if you pitch a journalist something that is not related that there kind of isn't any coming back from that you know so it's really important to spend time to understand what are the stories they would write about me and that even if you have the same story as a founder going to different journalists you ha- you will have to kind of gear it in different directions based on what they typically write about you know i i As I mentioned, I write a lot about founder stories, about interesting ways that they're innovating in their businesses, about major success points that they've struck. Yet I still get so many pitches about bird watching every day. And I'm I, I'm not sure where those are coming from, but you know, things like that. It's just that it there's there's there is a audience for it. That is not me or my readers. So be really, really cognizant of who you're pitching to. And if you do, and if you understand really what they're willing to write about and what the what their audience is going to be interested in, then pitching from your own perspective, there is nothing wrong with that. That is actually a super important and beneficial thing to do, I think. Can you touch upon like switching up the pitch? Because I think that's very important too. Like you, I get many pitches and 
I get a lot of pitches that are irrelevant. Also, I get a lot of pitches that, you know, I would never Mm -hmm. have like have these stories on the podcast. I actually had a man once pitch me as a guest, like he, he pitched me. I actually got a lot of good content from this one. He pitched me that he would be a great guest for my podcast. And he, literally just listed all of his accolades about how big his business was and this and that. And I wrote him back and I said, you do realize that you just pitched a female founder podcast. I don't have men on, on my podcast, unless it's something that pertains to women. And like, you know, so to your point, like sending that form pitch, you can tell, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's so important to do your homework. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think too, just looking at past either podcasts that the host has done, past articles that the journalist has written, past profiles that someone has written or spoken about, those can be really good indicators of does my story align with this type of storytelling? You know, it doesn't need to be the same because, you know, we don't want to be repetitive as reporters, as journalists, as podcast hosts, but there is oftentimes a beat that we cover, a type of story that we cover, a type of way that we cover it. And I think that really understanding that and trying to gear your your story towards whatever format or method the journalist or the podcast host usually works in is the best way to do it. So, you know, for instance, if I cover typically founder stories, but a colleague of mine covers more marketing, then you might pitch your personal story to me, pitch your founding story and, you know, how you've grown as a founder versus to my colleague, you might pitch, this is one marketing trend that has changed my business. And I want to share with your audience. So it's still you, it's still your business story, but for me, it might be, and you know, this, this would, you'd have to look at the different journalists and all their work, but just for an example, for me, it would be, you know, I want to pitch my story to you versus to my colleague. I want to pitch a strategy that I'm using and just really understanding that the different types of storytelling that reporters are going to be reporting on and shifting slightly or largely your pitch based on that can make a huge difference. And essentially you're going to be telling the same story, but just in a different way. So understanding what that way is, depending on who you're you know, catering to, um, will help to make those pitches more easily understandable for the journalists that are getting so many pitches a day or more easily greenlit because they're like, yes, this definitely aligns with what I've written in the past, what readers have been interested in. And I want to cover it again, but in a different angle. So I'll use your business this time. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. 
And if a founder continues to get turned down, what's your advice for them? Yeah, I think you really have to go back and look at the core of what you're telling people. You know, are you focusing on what is different about your brand. We've seen millions of businesses started since the start of the pandemic and the numbers of entrepreneurs have just skyrocketed. So now more than ever, being an entrepreneur is an incredibly saturated space. So if you're continuing to getting turned, continuing to get turned down, or you're just not finding luck or not getting responses, you really need to go back to how can I differentiate myself? What am I not saying that is different about me that I could really be leveraging or sharing with this journalist and their audience? I think that, like I mentioned earlier, there are so many founders with so many very interesting stories, but the ones that were most likely to reach back out to, connect with, have an interview with and cover are the ones that can say, this is how I'm doing business differently from everyone else right now. And it's proven to be successful. And we should tell people about this. So I think just going back to what makes you different, because everyone does have something that makes them different. And it might be something that you haven't thought of before that you don't think is so unique about yourself or your business. But if you can, you know, notice in the market, why are other people not doing this? This is a void I filled. This is something that I tried off of a whim maybe, and it really worked. If you can tap into that, what really makes you different, what really makes you stand out in the market, that's going to really change the game for people being interested in your story, I think. Alex York, tell us where people can find you. Of course. Well, you can find me at Alex York, but the O is a zero on Instagram. Um, Or you can find me on LinkedIn at Alexandra York, my full name. (laughs) Um, And you can find my byline at businessinsider.com. And I write on the strategy section, the entrepreneurship section, small business, and a little bit of future of work. So if there are any of those stories, um, feel free to read those and reach out to me on any of those platforms as well. And is there anything else you want to say or share with us before I let you go? I just think it's awesome that the female founder community is growing so much. As we were talking about before we started, you know, the podcast, Lindsay, the business space has been so um, heavily leaning in the, you know, white male direction. So if we can do anything to shift that to more underrepresented founders, create communities for them, highlight their stories, I think this is super important. So if anyone out there is in one of these underrepresented communities, those are the stories that I love to highlight. And I feel, you know, really excited to share with the world. And I think that Dear Founder is doing the same thing by just showcasing business in a lens that's not from a typical, you know, business perspective. So I just think it's awesome that this community is growing so much and I can't wait to see where it goes and where your community goes in the future. Thank you so much. And by the end of the year, I'm going to have a story for you. That's a guarantee. Awesome. Alex York, entrepreneurship reporter for Insider. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us. This, This podcast is filled with so many nuggets of information. I cannot wait to share it with our community. Thank you so much for having me. I told you that you were going to love today's conversation. And even when I listened to it back, I learned so much just from listening back to my conversation with Alex. She is really and truly filled with so many amazing nuggets and pieces of wisdom. And I loved getting her perspective as the actual journalist versus the publicist because she's the one who's writing the stories, not the publicist that's pitching you or 
um, that you're paying to pitch you. So I, I just loved having her perspective. I'm so honored that she was here today. And I hope that you're walking away with as much knowledge and wisdom as I did just from talking to her. But for now, I want you to keep out that pen and paper if you already have it out, or if you don't, take one out because I have my top five takeaways for you from today's conversation. And as always, I will be sending all of my takeaways to your inbox if you subscribe to my newsletter, which is linked in the show notes. So for now, here are my top five. Number one, there are many ways outside of an email pitch to connect with a journalist. You can DM them on Instagram, invite them to an event that you're throwing, find them at an event that you're attending and network with them, but you want to share your story outside of an email. Number two, you want to show who you are as a person outside of your business. Alex said that she's interested in covering people who really and truly she believes in their story and people who are doing something great for themselves or for their communities. So it's really important that you show that personality. Number three, have a very notable moment in your business or a notable trend that you are starting or that you are following because this is how she chooses who to cover in the press. When you've changed your business and you share the success that came from it, those are the stories that journalists like Alex want to cover. Number four, in a good pitch, it's not just that notable moment, but you also want to include metrics of success, especially if you're pitching a business publication like Insider, where metrics are very important. And number five, Putting your face on your brand and telling your story is incredibly important and will be more so as we move into 2023 if you want to generate press and publicity for your business. Thank you, Alex York, for being here today. Thank you to everyone who listened. If you liked this episode, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. I'd love to know what you want to hear coming up on these Found Her Files editions of Dear Found Her. Please stay tuned for another new episode coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday. 